0: I love to tell the story of unseen things above, of Jesus and his glory, of
1: Jesus and his love, I love to tell the story. Tonight I'm going to do something a little different, we're actually going to just read the book of Philippians. But uh, we use some introductory material, and and then at the end, we'll uh, craft it into an invitation. In 1 Timothy 4.13, Paul wrote to Timothy and exhorted him, Until I come, devote yourself to reading, or some translations say, to the public reading of Scripture, which fits the context as he also says, and also to exhortation, to, to teaching the Christians, to uh, persuade them to do the right thing and to teaching. In Colossians four fifteen through 16, we, we see at the end of that letter to the Colossians where Paul again was writing, he says, give my greetings to the brothers at Laodicea and to Nympha and the church in her house. And when this letter, this letter to the Colossians, Has been read among you, have it read in the church of the Laodiceans. And see that you also read the letter from Laodicea. Some question of which letter that is, if that's a letter we don't have, or a letter that was on its circuit, maybe the letter to the Ephesians, and was at Laodicea at that time. And, you know, we take for granted that we have the Word of God. We each have a copy of that. And if you don't have one, there's one in the pew, you know. But that was not the case as these letters were first written and circulated. And so, The early church took time to actually read the letters. And this this letter to the Philippians is is actually, uh, only takes 15, maybe 20 minutes on the long end to read. So we should take time to do that. And I want you to use your imagination tonight as we read this. Let's step back in time. and, And let's imagine that we are the church in Philippi to whom this letter is addressed. Keep in mind that, that Paul established the church at Philippi. Read through the book of Acts and, and figure all of that out. And so the church at Philippi loved Paul. There were This relationship of where he helped establish them. And so let's keep that in mind as we consider Paul's words going through this exercise of imagining we're the church at Philippi. So Paul is in prison in Rome at this time, this is written. And there's some debate over, you know, which prison, when, there's different timelines. But let's, for the sake of argument, let's, let's go with that. because we read at the end of the book of Acts, that's where Acts just sort of ends, where Paul is there. He had appealed to Caesar, and he was under what seems to be a house arrest, but still in prison. He was not free to go. And, and Acts doesn't really explain what happened then to Paul. But I would suggest to you that while he was under that uh, imprisonment that he perhaps wrote this letter. And, you know, at that point in time, when you, when you appeal to Caesar, Caesar's gonna either say, hey, this is, this is stupid, you can go. Or he's gonna say, you're stupid, I'm gonna put you to death. So Paul was at a life and death situation. And he didn't really know whether he was gonna be put to death or set free. I think as history bears out, we... We understand that he was set free, and then later on there were some other things that went on where he was ultimately put to death. So while Paul is imprisoned there in Rome, we, in the church at Philippi, sent Paul some provisions to help him out. Whatever he may have needed. Maybe that was money or supplies of some kind. So we sent these provisions to Paul by way of a brother named Epaphroditus. And we might just imagine... Someone among us, that, hey, we sent him as like a messenger to carry those things and deliver those things to Paul. And when Epaphroditus finally arrived to deliver these things to Paul, Epaphroditus told Paul about what, like, what was going on. With, he sort of updated Paul about what was going on here at the local church. And he had a lot of good things to say, but there were also some problems and there were actually a couple of ladies in particular by name that are mentioned in the letter here that he must, must have mentioned. They had some kind of disagreement. And their names are Euodia and Syntyche. Not, not names we are familiar with, but common names apparently at the time. So Epaphroditus wasn't just a delivery man, but he seemed to, to have stayed there with Paul and, and helped him. You know, maybe, maybe the things Paul couldn't do because he was under house arrest, maybe Epaphroditus helped him with that. But while Epaphroditus was there, he became sick, and he almost died. And of course, we here in the church at Philippi, who sent this guy, our brother, to help Paul, we were uh, very concerned when we heard that he was sick, and we would be praying for him and, and, and all of this, right? Now, as it turns out, Epaphroditus recovered, and then Paul wrote us this letter And apparently, sends the letter along with Paphroditus. So Paphroditus seems to be the delivery man, once again, going the other direction, bringing this letter to us. Now, the text doesn't actually demand that, but as I read it and reread it and think about it, that's what seems evident to me, and you can consider that and take it for what it's worth. And if that were the case, it wouldn't be a huge leap of imagination that if Epaphroditus, having spent all this time with Paul and coming back with this letter and with this good news that he's recovered, that Epaphroditus himself may have been the one to deliver the letter to the church when he came and and, and brought it to them. I mean, he certainly delivered it in the sense of, hey, here's this letter, but I I think perhaps he even presented it and read it to them. Again, I'm I'm making a little bit of an assumption there, but it seems to fit uh, my understanding of what might have happened here. So I've taken the letter to the Philippians um, in the in the New Living Translation and kind of adapted it, looking at the New King James Version, the English Standard Version, the New American Standard Version, which is our P Bibles, and at a couple points even consulting the Greek to try to figure out how to bring out the the best uh, words here to make it make sense for us and be and be correct. But then I've also taken some liberties and inserted a few. Comments. I mean, after all, I'm preaching, so I'm allowed to make comments, but, but I've taken the unusual step of sort of integrating them in with the text, and so I want to be upfront about that. I'm not trying to create the Matt DeVore translation and, and say that's what it is. I mean, by all means, I encourage you to, to follow along in your Bibles and keep me honest. Or you're welcome to just listen. As, as in the first century, that letter would have been delivered. You would have, would have had an impact by listening, and they wouldn't have all had copies. And then, of course, I would commend you to read it later and study it, as it's an important letter for us in Paul's writings. So, as I present this to you, remember and imagine we are the church in Philippi, and, and imagine that I and this fellow, Epaphroditus, who, who you all had commissioned to send to Paul to take these gifts, and then I got sick, and you were worried, and then I recovered, and now now I am delivering Paul's letter to you. With those comments, let us begin reading Paul's letter to the Philippians. This letter is from Paul and Timothy, servants of Christ Jesus. I'm writing to all the Christians in Philippi, including the elders and deacons. I pray that God, our Father, and the Lord Jesus Christ give you grace and peace. Every time I think about you, I thank God for you. Every time I pray, I pray for all of you with joy. For you have been my partners in spreading the good news about Jesus Christ. From the time you first heard the gospel until now.
0: And I am sure that God, who began
1: the good work in you, will continue his good work until it is finally completed on the day when Christ Jesus returns. So it is appropriate that I should feel this way about all of you, for you have a special place in my heart. You share with me the special favor of God, both in my imprisonment and in defending and
0: confirming the truth of the good news. God knows the degree to which I love you and miss you
1: with the tender compassion of Christ Jesus. In the same way, I pray that your love will overflow and increase more and more, and that you will keep on growing in knowledge and understanding and wisdom. For I want you to understand what really matters, so that you may live pure and blameless lives until the day of Christ's return. I want you to always be filled with the blessings of God, the righteous character produced in your life by Jesus Christ, for this will bring much glory and praise to God. And I want you to know, my dear brothers and sisters, that everything that has happened to me here in this Roman imprisonment has helped to spread the good news. For everyone here, including everyone in Caesar's imperial guard, knows that I am in chains because of Christ. And because of my imprisonment, most of the Christians here have gained confidence and now boldly speak God's message without fear. It is true that some are preaching out of jealousy and rivalry, but others preach about Christ with pure motives. They preach out of love, for they know I have been appointed to defend the good news. Those others do not have pure motives as they preach about Christ. They preach with selfish ambition, not sincerely, intending to make my chains more painful to me. But that doesn't matter. It's not about me. Whether their motives are false or true, the message about Christ is being spread either way. So I rejoice and I will continue to rejoice. For I know that as you continue to pray for me, And as the Spirit of Christ helps me, this will lead to my salvation. For I fully expect and hope that I will never be ashamed, but that I will continue to be bold for Christ
0: as I have been in the past. And I
1: trust that my life will bring honor to Christ, whether I live or whether I die. For to me, living
0: means living for Christ, and dying is even better.
1: But if I live, I can do more fruitful work for Christ. So I really don't know which is better. I'm torn between the two. I want to go and be with Christ, which would be way better for me. But
0: for your sakes, it is better that I keep on living. Understanding this, I will remain, so I can continue to help you all grow and experience the joy of your faith.
1: And when I come to visit you again, you will have even more reasons to take pride in Christ Jesus because of what he is doing through me. Above all, you must live as citizens of heaven, conducting yourselves in a manner worthy of the good news about Christ. Then, whether I come and see you again, or only hear about you, I will know that you are standing together with one spirit and one purpose, fighting together for the faith, which is the good news, the gospel. Don't be scared or discouraged by your opponents. This will be a sign to them that they are going to be destroyed, but that you are going to be saved even by God himself. For you have been given not only the privilege of trusting in Christ, but also the privilege
0: of suffering for him.
1: We are in this struggle together. You have seen my struggle in the past, and you know that I am still in the midst of it.
0: Is there any encouragement from belonging to Christ? Any comfort from his love? Any fellowship together
1: in the spirit? Are your hearts tender and compassionate? Then make me truly happy by agreeing wholeheartedly with each other, loving one another, and working together with one mind and purpose. I want you to get along. Don't be self-centered or arrogant. Don't try to impress others. Be humble, thinking of others as better than yourselves. Don't look out only for your own interests, but take an interest in others, too. You must have the same attitude
0: that Christ Jesus had. Though he was
1: God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. He didn't need to hang on to that. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges and took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being. When he appeared in human form, he humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's
0: death on a cross.
1: Therefore, God elevated him to the place of highest honor and gave him the name above all other names, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven, and on earth, and those in the grave. And every tongue declare that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. Dear friends, you always followed my instructions when I was with you. And now that I am away, it is even more important Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. For God is working in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases him. Do everything without complaining and arguing so that no one can criticize you. Live clean, innocent lives as children of God. Shining like bright lights in a world full of corrupt and sinful people. Hold on tightly to the word of life. Then, on the day of Christ's return, I will be proud that I did not run the race in vain and that my work was not useless. But I will rejoice, even if I lose my life, pouring my life out like a drink offering
0: to God just like your
1: faithful service is an offering to God. And I want all of you to share that joy. Yes, you should rejoice, and I will share your joy.
0: Now, I want to tell you about a couple of faithful brothers
1: who are a good example for you. If the Lord Jesus is willing, I hope to send Timothy You soon for a visit. Then he can cheer me up by telling me how you are getting along. I have no one else like Timothy who truly cares about your welfare. All the others care only for themselves and not for what actually matters to Jesus Christ. But you know how Timothy has proven himself. Like a son with his father, he has served with me in preaching the good news. I hope to send him to you just as soon as I find out what is going to happen to me here with my trial before Caesar. And I have confidence from the Lord that I myself will come and see you soon. In the meantime, I thought it would be a good idea to send Epaphroditus back to you. He is a true brother, co-worker, and fellow soldier. And he was your messenger to help me in my need. I am sending him because he has been longing to see you. And he was very distressed that you heard he was ill. And he certainly was ill. In fact, he almost died. But God had mercy on him and also on me so that I would not have one sorrow after another. So I am all the more eager to send him back to you, for I know you will be glad to see him, and then I will not be so worried about you. Welcome him in the Lord's love and with great joy, and give him the honor that people like him deserve. For he risked his life for the work of Christ, and he was at the point of death, while doing for me what you couldn't do from far away. Whatever happens, my dear brothers and sisters, rejoice in the Lord. I never get tired of telling you these things, and I do it to safeguard your faith. Watch out for those dogs, those who do evil, those mutilators, those Judaizers who say you must be circumcised to be saved. For we who worship by the Spirit of God are the ones who are truly circumcised. We rely on what Christ Jesus has done for us. We put no confidence in human effort. Though I could have confidence in my own effort if anyone could, indeed, if others have reason for confidence in their own efforts, I have even more. I was circumcised when I was eight days old. I am a pure-blooded citizen of Israel and a member of the tribe of Benjamin, a real Hebrew if there ever was one. I was a member of the Pharisees who demand the strictest obedience to the Jewish law. I was so zealous that I harshly persecuted the church. And as for righteousness, I obeyed the law of Moses without fault. I once thought these things were valuable, but now I consider them worthless because of what Christ has done. Yes, everything else is worthless when compared with the infinite value of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. For his sake, I've discarded everything else, counting it all as yesterday's garbage so that I could gain Christ and become one with him. I no longer count on my own righteousness through obeying the law of Moses. Rather, I become righteous through faith in Christ. For God's way of making us right with Him depends on faith. I want to know Christ and experience the mighty power that raised Him from the dead. I want to suffer with Him, sharing in His death, so that one way or another, I will experience the resurrection from the dead. I don't mean to say that I have already achieved these things or that I have already reached perfection. No, no. But I press on to possess the perfection for which Christ Jesus first possessed me. No, dear brothers and sisters, I have not achieved it but I focus on this one thing, forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God, through Christ Jesus, is calling us. Let us all who are spiritually mature Agree on these things. If you disagree on some point, God will reveal it to you. But we must hold on to the progress we have already made. Dear brothers and sisters, pattern your lives after mine and learn from those who follow our example. For I have told you often before, and I say it again with tears in my eyes, that there are many whose conduct shows They are really enemies of the cross of Christ. They are headed to destruction. Their God is their appetite. They brag about shameful things and they think only about this life here on earth. But we are citizens of heaven where the Lord Jesus Christ lives. And we are eagerly waiting for him to return as our savior. He will take our weak mortal bodies and change them into glorious bodies like his own. Using the same power with which he will bring everything under his control. Therefore, my dear brothers and sisters, stay true to the Lord I love you and long to see you, dear friends, for you are my joy and my crown. Now I appeal to a couple of the sisters there, Euodia and Syntyche, please, because you belong to the Lord,
0: settle your disagreement. And I ask you,
1: you, sir, my one true partner and companion. You know who you are. I ask you to help these two women. For they worked hard with me in telling others the good news. They worked along with Clement and the rest of my coworkers, whose names are written in the book of life. Always be full of joy in the Lord. I say it again. Rejoice. Let everyone See that you are considerate in all you do. Remember, the Lord is coming soon. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds As you live in Christ Jesus. And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true
0: and honorable and right and pure and lovely and
1: admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Keep putting into practice all you learned and received from me, everything you heard from me and saw me doing. Then the God of peace will be
0: with you. How I praise the Lord that you are
1: concerned about me again. I know you have always been concerned about me, but you didn't have the chance to help me. Not that I was ever in need. For I have learned how to be content with whatever I have. I know how to live on almost nothing or with everything. I have learned the secret of living in every situation, whether it is with a full stomach or empty, with plenty or little. For I can do
0: everything through him who gives me strength. Even so, you have done well to share with
1: me in my present difficulty. As you know, you Philippians were the only ones who gave me financial help when I first brought you the good news and then traveled on from Macedonia. No other church did this. Even when I was in Thessalonica, you sent help more than once. Don't get me wrong. I don't say this because I want a gift from you. Rather, I want you to receive a reward for your kindness. I'm so pleased with what you've done, the faith you've shown. At the moment, I have all I need and more. I am generously supplied with the gifts you already sent me with Epaphroditus. They are a sweet-smelling sacrifice that is acceptable and pleasing to God. And this same God who takes care of me will supply all your needs from his glorious riches, which have been given to us in Christ Jesus. Now all glory to God, our Father, forever and ever. Amen. Give my greetings to each of God's holy people, all who belong to Christ Jesus. The brothers who are with me send you their greetings. And all the rest of God's people send you greetings too, especially those in Caesar's household. May the grace
0: of the Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit.
1: That is the end of the letter. We jump back to chapter two in verse six. I think this was also our scripture
0: read. We read there about Jesus
1: and how he humbled himself and how we ought to humble ourselves. Though he, Jesus, was God, he did not think equality with God as something to cling to. Instead, he gave up those divine privileges and came to live on earth as a human being. He humbled himself to God even to the point of dying on a cross for you and for me. As, as Seth alluded to in his comments at the Lord's Supper. That's, that's the death
0: we deserve. And he died for us. He paid the price
1: for our sins. And in verse 9 of chapter 2, it says, Therefore God elevated him to the place of highest honor and gave him the name above all other names, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, and heaven And on earth, or under the earth, or as I said, in the grave, dead or alive, everyone is going to bow the knee to Jesus. And the question is, will you do it tonight? Will you do it today in this life? Or will you be forced to in the grave? Every tongue will declare that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. Dear friends, you always followed my instructions when I was with you, and now that I am away is even more important Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. So as we think about the invitation, we want to encourage you to work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. If you need to be baptized, we want to help you with that. Or if you need the prayers of the church, we want to help you with that. you want to be a worker for the Lord? Well, that's what we're going to sing. So we invite you to come as we stand and sing the song together. I love to tell the story,
0: Twill be my theme in glory, To tell the old, old story Of Jesus and his love.